Now, one of the biggest stories of the book of Genesis is the story of Jacob and Esau. These are the twins of Rebecca and Jacob, uh, uh, Isaac, Rebecca and Isaac. It's so important that the only other story in the Bible that gets more airtime is the creation narrative and the Joseph narrative. That, that's it. This, so, so you got a guy who dedicates this entire book to about three or four instances. How important is the Jacob and Esau story then? When everything is just starting, and the most important part of a movie is the beginning, because if you don't get the beginning, you're going to miss the end. So God is speaking to us, listen, through a man who was not there in the beginning. It would have been better if Genesis was written by Abraham, because at least he was there. See, all of these other writers get a chance to witness what they wrote. John was there when he saw Jesus. Luke was there when he saw Jesus. Paul was actually on the road to Damascus. Moses was not there in the day of Abraham. He was not there in the day of Isaac, and he surely was not there in the day of Jacob. He is now writing post-mortem. Looking back. He's looking back, and Genesis is not even the oldest book in the Bible. And where was he when he was hearing, though? Where was he? He was in two places. Number one, he's in the backside of the desert. Yes. Number two, he is also in the palace of the Pharaoh. So not only is he a deliverer, he's writing from the perspective of a deliverer and a person who has had means. So now he is both abased. Is he a shadow of Paul? Is he now showing us that, that, that the best writers, the best preachers, the best businessmen, the best fathers, the best husbands have to both be abased and abound? And then you can spend five minutes talking about being a base and a bound. You could say, you know, and now life application. I, I can remember a time where um, I had to work um, and, and here I am, here I am working and I've got a wife that's pregnant with a young son and I'm trying to figure out, do we buy milk or do we buy gas? Do, do, we, do we buy clothes or do we buy insurance? See, because when you are based you don't know how to make abounding decisions. And when you are abounding, you forget what it was like to be abased. So is it not the balance of God trying to get your brain to be able to work with enough and not enough? And I'm here to, is there anybody in here today who has had enough and not enough? We're all the people who say, my God has supplied all of my needs. Well, we thank God for you, but there's another group of people in here. Now, the needy are always going to be louder than the have. <laughs> Is there anybody here that, that, so you do that. Now, once you've laid the groundwork, you've given them the context. Now you can get into the text. Ladies and gentlemen, we have two twins. We don't know whether they were fraternal or whether they were identical. I need a copy of this. What we do know is that they were not Siamese. Because they, if they were Siamese, they both would have been hunting at the same time. They both would have been building tents. We do know that they may have been identical, but they were also separate. Hmm. They were also, and be careful who you join yourself to. Mm -hmm. Because if you join yourself to a hunter and you were meant to be a seamstress, you would find yourself in a, see, and, and so you could do that about how you connect mm -hmm. to a thing yeah. and, and you can mimic that thing because you connected yourself to it because you 
once you connect yourself to it, you are incapable of being in another place. And who called, who called Jacob Jacob and who called Jacob Israel? Because I, I'm just thinking about the word Jacob, all of the patriarchs. And I, I don't even go into that. That's well, no, 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 great question. Because, 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 because he, is, he is. It's Israel and Jacob. Yeah, but he is also. There are only a certain amount of people in the Old Testament who have the distinction of having their names changed. Hmm. There was one, Abram who became Abraham. There was one called Sarai who became Sarah. There was one called Jacob who became Israel. They are all related because Abraham and Sarai are Jacob's grandparents. Mm -hmm. But look at God. You got Isaac in the middle who is the son of the father of the faith mm -hmm. and the father of a new nation. And yet he stands in the middle with insignificance. Look at how God birthed significance out of insignificance. Look at how God brought something out of a man who lived longer than both people on both sides of him, but has little written in the scripture about him because it is not about what you do with the length of years that you have. It is what you do with the moments in the presence of God. And Isaac did not live up to his name, if he had known who he was, if he had known that he came after his father's bad choice, and if he had known that he was God's choice, he wouldn't have been insecure. He wouldn't have been insecure. Ishmael was Abraham's oh, so decision. You, you can, <laughs> man. So you can, you can, man, this is crazy. You can actually be God's choice and be a, a man's bad, bad, bad choice, basically. Ask I'm, David. I'm, I'm, I'm Ask so David. That is, that is crazy, it's, it's, It all points. That Remember, the Old Testament is God concealed. New Testament is God, God revealed. revealed. It all points. Jesus Christ was not the earth's first choice. If he was the choice, then why did Herod kill other babies? They didn't know who he was. They didn't know who he was. Jesus was in the earth, and they were killing other babies thinking it was him because they had no idea. Had you can be it and nobody can know it. Have crucified him. You can be it and nobody can know it. You can be it. You can have signs and nobody will know it. Why are we doubting Jesus? Because we can prove that the Magi went to go see him mm -hmm. and they brought the spices. We can prove that he was circumcised on the earth day, eighth day. We can prove that he walked on water. We can prove that he taught the doctors and the lawyers. Mm -hmm. We can prove that he turned water to wine. And yet after all of that proof, there was still doubt because doubt is not the reaction to proof. Doubt is the reaction to a premeditated decision. They have already decided that he is not Christ. They have already decided that he is not Jesus. And no amount of miracles would change their perspective. So let me tell you something. When people doubt you, a miracle can't change their mind. And that's preaching. That's so the preaching. greatest revelation is knowing what God has already chosen. Before you were formed, I knew you. In your mother's womb, I had already known you. Birth is about me knowing you. Life is about you knowing yourself. What are you doing in this life to find out why I formed you? And why are you spending so much of your time trying to fit in molds that I never formed you to fit in? You're trying to fit in circles. I'm trying to put you in corners. So you, you, have, you have all of this at your disposal. If you can remain calm enough to let it come to your mind and not be in such a hurry to say what you think, mm -hmm. that is called revelation. And that's when the Holy Spirit speaks to you 
and you lose control of your mouth. Wow. You lose control of your thoughts. I am a reserved person. When you see me doing all of that, I've lost control of my body because I am not that kind of person. I would rather just chill. chill. When you lend yourself to his using, you lose control of what you have. That's called greatness, not what you can achieve. What can you let God do through you as a vessel? Absolutely, there is safety in insignificance because what insignificance allows you to do is it allows you to get the rocks out before your name goes out. Remember, the potter had the clay on the wheel, mm -hmm. but it was marred, and he threw it down again and reformed it. There is nothing wrong with throwing clay on the ground, but there is something wrong with throwing a glass on the ground. So as long as you are in the clay state, as long as you are in the insignificant state, that means God is still molding. He is still getting out the rocks. He is still getting out the insignificance, uh, the insecurities, all of that kind of stuff. So it's a blessing to develop. Pictures are developed in the dark. You don't develop pictures in light. Why? Because the proof is in the dark. Mm -hmm. so, so it happens in the dark. The development happens in the dark. Seeds don't grow above ground. They grow in the ground because, yeah, so it's, it's, it's all... All of those are metaphors for insignificance. And so when you use the word insignificance, find a way to help me to see multiple ways of how insignificance can apply to my situation because I might be famous, but I still feel insignificant. Why? Because maybe my significance is in the fact that I'm famous and I got $50 million, but I'm a woman and I haven't had a baby and I'm 48. And I've never been married before. And here are all of these other people. They've got three children by 31. They've been married, da-da-da-da-da. So you have to define what insignificance is. And that's why you have to throw out a multiplicity of examples because out there is every kind of person that you can ever see. Absolutely. So you are not, you are a chef. It is not your job to fix me what you like to eat. Mm -hmm. Your job is to take my order and cook it so that I will come back. The biggest mistake that we make as ministers is we think that we are the customer. So hmm. if I like hooping, then I'm going to hoop mm -hmm. and then tell you something wrong with you because you don't like it. But what if I'm allergic to it? Wow. What, if I, what if I can't digest it? What if I can't eat it? What if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? Go? Do you know that most of the things that you're allergic to, you can boil that down to DNA? It's, you're actually allergic to it because of how you were made. There's a lot of things other than food that you're allergic to that you just can't stand. You can't ingest or digest because of how you made, because of how you were raised. On the game. So Jacob and Esau. So, yeah, so Jacob and Esau. He takes this stew and he gives it to his brother. There is no significance about the stew. The significance is in the admission, because this is what he said when he came. He said, I am faint. I am hungry. Feed me. I know how to deceive you based on what you say. He did not have to admit he was hungry. He did not have to admit that he was tired. Is it true 
that the devil knows how to get you because of what you said. If you would have never admitted, I want to be married by 25. If you would have never said, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. If you would have never said, he, came, he comes after your work. That's why the Bible says that when Jesus was in the wilderness, the Bible says that Satan comes to tempt Jesus. And, and Satan throws a lot of words at Jesus. But Jesus does not throw words back at him. He throws the word back at him. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth. So, so is it true? And I want to implore somebody in here. I know you went to school, and I know you have a degree, and I know that you got an associate's, and I know you got a doctorate. But can you please put your words down and pick up the word? Thy word have I hidden in my heart that when I, so that's, that's all it is. Don't respond, don't respond with your words. Respond with the word. He said, okay, he said, jump off this cliff. Three times he said, he says, uh, jump off this cliff lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus could have said, man, I have enough power. He said, uh, um, it is written. <laughs> if I jump off this cliff, do you not know that my father would dispatch angels? <laughs> you never saw the word use words. The word used the word. So sometimes you, and I know we have to go. Sometimes you no, use they still the, load the car. Y'all just tell us when we're ready. Sometimes you use the word even when you have the power to do it. Because Jesus had the power to Ooh. do it. So I'm just so thinking about it because, because he was the word. He could jump and everything. That, I mean. Do you understand that is preaching what you just did? You call it a thought. You say that out loud, they run out of here. You just What you just did is exactly what I'm telling you to do right now. You're, you're playing around with it. You ever seen a kid play with a toy? You, you play with it. It's like, okay, you said that, but I'm going to twist it that way. Problem is, you ask me that question. When you start asking yourself that question and formulate a response, that's called a message. Are you, the smartest man in the world is not the person who has a book full of answers. The smartest person in the world is the man who has a book full of questions. Because if I have a book full of questions, I can get everybody's answers. Nobody gives an answer to a man who already has one. So what is, the, what is the goal of life? To not have answers and to be weak. To, no, to not have the answer and to be weak. Imagine that Pastor Torrance is in a wheelchair. And I bring some food to him. Now, all of you all are 300 feet away. You, you can't hear us, but you can only see us. And you see him on the street. He's homeless and he's hungry. And I take a plate of food up to him. And because he's mean and degenerate, he takes the food and slaps it out of my hand. You're from a distance. You're going to say, that nice man tried to give him that food. And look at him. Too crazy to accept the help. Now, different scenario. He knocks it out of my hand. And I turn around and I smack him. What do you say then? Look at that man taking advantage of that man in that wheelchair. In that wheelchair. Mm -hmm. You won't say anything about what he did to me. The in-between. Why? Because the person in authority has to have the most discretion. Yes. Yes. It doesn't matter what they did to you. It doesn't matter what they said to you. You are in power. So you, because of that power, have to shut up 
And you have to take it. Yes. Because if you respond, you give the power back to them. That's why Jesus never said a mum than work. He's I'm in charge. Uh, this is going to end when I say it's going to end. So go ahead and nail me. Go ahead and build me. Do you know between three and six, this is going to be over. So I'm just going to sit here. It's going to be over. And then y'all going to put me in the grave on Friday. Guess what? Before the roosters wake up in the morning on Sunday, I'm going to be up. So since you already know the end, why are you getting involved in the middle? You know how this ends. All we do is win. Don't get involved in the middle. You're going to mess up the whole plot twist. Yeah. So the power that you ask for is a blessing and a curse, man. It's a blessing and a curse. Average people can respond to anything. You dare to be great. You have to learn discretion and quiet and still. You have to know it. And, and inside of you is a monster because there's one in me. And you want to say something, you want to do something, you want to react and respond, you give your power away. Because remember, when two fools argue, the best one wins because they beat you down to their level and beat you with experience. You have to be intelligent, you have to be smart. And that is the essence of the gift that God has placed inside of you. When you use that thing and you connect it to the word of God, because God uses personalities in the earth and he picks you because you are just like yourself. You don't have to be like T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick. You don't have to be like nobody. There's enough people in the world that are like Keon Henderson. And it may not be as many as T.D. Jakes, but if I become him, then those people have a void because they needed somebody like me.